The process of setting up the office of directly elected Mayor of Limerick has taken a step forward. The Joint Eroctus Committee, the Dáil and Shannon Committee on Housing, Local Government and Heritage, has published a report following a period of what's known as pre-legislative scrutiny, uh, in which it made a number of recommendations for what should be included in this legislation that is due before the Dáil and Shannon probably early next year. And Live 95's Ronan Moyles was virtually at the launch of the report and uh, he joins me now. Good morning to you, Ronan. Good morning, Joe. So the outcome of the referendum or plebiscite, as it's known, on the 24th of May 2019 um, and similar votes against the proposals in, in Cork and Waterford. Isn't that right? Yeah, Joe, I suppose I'm going to take you the whole way back um, very quickly to uh, May the 24th, 2019, which seems like a lifetime ago when uh, the people of Limerick voted in a plebiscite uh, where they were asked if they'd like to um, have the opportunity to directly elect their own mayor of Limerick City and County. Um, Cork and Waterford had similar votes on the same day and they rejected uh, that opportunity, uh, but Limerick uh, voted in favour. Now, following that, a group uh, called the uh, Implementation Advisory Group was established in uh, December 2019. Um, which was tasked at looking at how um, or what powers indeed the directly elected Mayor of Limerick should have. They presented a final report to government in October 2020. Um, that then fed in to proposed legislation which has been drawn up um, for what powers a directly elected Mayor would have. Now the process is that before that legislation um, can be you know, can be properly published. It must go through a process uh, in the Oireachtas called uh, pre-legislative scrutiny. And um, the latest round of that has been undertaken by a group called the Joint Oireachtas Committee on Housing, Local Government and Heritage. Um, they're made up of elected senators and Dáil TDs. They've now come out uh, with their report. That That is what was launched yesterday. Um, 17 recommendations made by the committee. I don't propose, Joe, to go through all <laughs> no, of them. please don't. But the, but the important thought. ones. Um, so the committee believes that the powers and functions of the directly elected mayor should be in line with successful models in other countries. So the committee has therefore recommended that the proposed bill be amended to provide significant additional powers and functions to the directly elected mayor, including, but not limited to, uh, areas like transport, planning, health, climate adaptation and mitigation measures and oversight of housing and regeneration strategies. Now, um, okay, and, and just it's just worth pointing out that things like health now, for example, I mean, th- that is a step up, isn't it, from what would be in the initial legislation that they looked at. They're, they're looking to go farther for this directly elected mayor's powers. Yeah, all those things I've mentioned there, there are um, additions to what was uh, previously proposed. You may remember at the time, Joe, there was a lot of concern uh, that what the initial legislation really didn't go at all far or anywhere near uh, where it originally was supposed to go. But uh, this is a recommendation that they be added um, now. So just some other things as well. Uh, the committee recommended that the proposed bill provide uh, that the office of directly elected mayor be given uh, uh, significant funding and also revenue raising powers. And also uh, that the bill provides, very interestingly, I thought, for a procedure where the director general, that will be a new role that will be created to um, assist the mayor, um, could be sanctioned or removed in the event they're underperforming or inhibiting the delivery of the mayor's mandate. Right? Okay. So 
something. And when they say the Director General, that's the rough equivalent, but not quite the same, I accept, as the, the current CEO role. The CEO, exactly. Um, with a lot of the powers taken away that the CEO has transferring to the directly elected mayor. And look, as I say, that meeting took place yesterday. Uh, you know, a big attendance at it. Uh, a rockless members from Limerick, local councillors here from Limerick. And uh, they all, in fairness to them, thanked the committee for their work. Um, they welcomed that, you know, this is a, a step further forward. But there was a number of um, issues raised and one of them. Oh, OK, I, 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 we'll get to that in one second. Um, so, Ronan, just to, to finish with you, uh, this now will go forward to the Dáil and Shannon for further assessment before whatever final piece of legislation that will formally create the position of directly elected mayor for Limerick um, uh, is, is put in place. Yeah, the legislation is drawn up. It will have to go back through the Oireachtas again. That's expected to start early next year. And they are hoping perhaps to have an election in the summer? That was the indication. Um, that was the hope, but we've heard previous dates before. Uh, but they're hoping, yeah, for summer of next year. All right. Well, listen, thank you for monitoring that. Thank you for an excellent summary of the key important uh, points. Uh, we know that it's pretty worthy stuff, but it does matter a lot because you were asked to vote on it once for the creation of such a post. And you will be asked to vote for various candidates probably next summer to take up this role. Now, some reaction, uh, as uh, Ronan mentioned, from people who are absorbing uh, this report from yesterday, including from Fine Gael councillor on Limerick City and County Council, John Sheehan. Only 50% of the recommendations that we made have been added in. Um, the, the issue of funding the mayor is up in the air. I, if I was cynical, I would say that the Iraqis members have wrapped their, their, their flag around funding, that the directly elected mayor will be on a begging bowl, uh, and that the announcement of funding will be as always, comes through the Oireachtas members and not through the local the local uh, uh, councillors. Um, the lack of understanding on what we were trying to do in relation to separate the powers within the working of the chamber uh, got totally lost with, with, with the committee uh, in relation to the fact that we suggested the speaker be the brief call or uh, that person would be elected by the 40 members of Limerick City and County Council. If they wished, they could have elected a deputy uh, speaker for the day that, uh, or a deputy brief colour for the day that that person wouldn't be able to chair those meetings. Uh, and the fact that you've suggested that that the, the, the person that would chair the meeting would be the deputy mayor uh, mind boggles me because we went through a process in Limerick where we had a Limerick City mayor and we had a, a, a mayor for the for Limerick City and County. And we had some very derogatory terms being used at times, some mayors being called mini-mayors and half-mayors and this type of thing. And now you want to go back to that in this recommendation. And the other main elephant in the room is the additionality as to what the, the mayor will... will um, the additionality of functions the mayor will have. Like, you know, there's no mention of the mayor having anything to do with health, no mention of the mayor having anything to do with policing, no mention of the mayor having anything to do with education. Well, that is uh, Fine Gael 
councillor on Limerick City and County Council, John Sheehan, reacting to that report yesterday. After the break, we're going to hear from the Minister for Local Government, also a member of Fine Gael, uh, TD, Peter Burke, about the next steps now and what sort of directly elected mayor we're going to see in Limerick uh, when you decide who you want to fill that position in a vote possibly next summer. So we're talking about the powers of the new directly elected mayor of Limerick. You will be asked to vote for who that should be uh, probably next summer. And Minister Peter Burke is the minister responsible for local government. Uh, Good morning to you, Minister. Good morning, Joe, and to your listeners. So you heard there from a fellow Fine Gael member in John Sheehan, um, critical even of the report that was published yesterday. Bottom line, will this new directly elected mayor role have sufficient teeth? Well, in the first instance, the uh, Joint Directors report is a matter for the committee members. That's their piece of work, so I let them ventilate in terms of the merits of it. But absolutely, I think in the first instance, and this is a point that has consistently been lost in Limerick City and County, uh, I was very clear in terms of when the general scheme was published. And remember, this is a general scheme. It is not a piece of legislation. And I made it very clear that I was embarking upon a process to negotiate on a bilateral basis with all the various different departments of government to ensure we get a devolution of power because in the recommendations from the Implementation Advisory Group, the 69 recommendations, 30 of those recommendations were specifically for devolving power from Dublin right down to Limerick. And in order to do that, I obviously have to frame the legislation that will go into the heart of those departments and obviously negotiate with the key ministers to do that. So that's the process I'm undergoing and the pre-legislative scrutiny report will assist me in terms of providing me with another piece of armoury to do just that. Okay, well, John Moran is uh, with us, uh, who knows how things work in government departments, as part of Livable Limerick and uh, involved in many other organisations as well. Uh, John, uh, you have looked at this throughout the process. Uh, you were uh, a strong voice in the run-up to the referendum itself. What do you make of yesterday and what the Minister's just said? Uh, uh, thank you, John. Thank you. Good morning, Minister. Um, I guess the crusade continues, right? I mean, and I can hear the minister is very much on message and believes in the in the need for a devolution of power and budget down to, to areas like Limerick. And I suppose everyone in Limerick knows that we're the test case for this. If it works well here, then it can be rolled out across the country and, and really reform local government and, and government in Ireland in a way we haven't seen probably since, since we signed up to the constitution back in at the beginning of the state. Um, what worries me, I suppose, in what's been said is that Peter took over, or sorry, Minister took over this file from, from his predecessor, but it's now nearly three years since Limerick voted for this. And it, it's, it's worrying that in some ways he's talking about starting a negotiation um, a couple of months ago to try and get devolved powers when everyone has known for a long time that these powers need to come to Limerick and the budget... Well, to be fair now, John, the government has been a bit busy with the pandemic, haven't they? Well, I mean, look, I, we could use pandemics as, a, as an excuse or we can actually recognise that the pandemic might have been the reason to speed this up because when, really when you have a pandemic and serious issues like that in, in a national sort of governmental situation... What it really shows is why you have problems on the ground in places like Limerick when you don't have this devolved power. And all the civil servants and everyone we know have been working efficiently from home. There are different pockets of government, as we all know. And so it should have been possible to keep this on track. I mean, Peter himself knows 
that back in 2000, the beginning of 2021, when we were deep in the pandemic and the election was promised to Limerick for the end of the year, as in this year, now that has slipped to next year. What's really worrying is that I'm hearing talks about people being hopeful that it'll happen by the summer. And meanwhile, down in Limerick, we have to deal with businesses closing, housing problems, and things that the mayor could actually drive forward locally if they had the power and funding. And yet it just keeps slipping okay. back and uh, back. I, I want to give the minister a chance to respond to that, but I also, first of all, want to hear from a councillor independent um, on the council, Emmett O'Brien. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Good morning to your listeners on this beautiful morning. So what are your thoughts now? Well, look, I, I, I think it's pretty well known at this stage that I was very much against this uh, proposal back in 2019 when it's been proposed solely for a whole purpose of reasons, but primarily because I was concerned that we'd end up with a, a class of a celebrity candidate or celebrity socialist mayor. But to be frank, there are 17 recommendations. Um, I, I understand the role, the important stakeholder role that John Morne has partaken in this debate and this um, in this process. And I'm coming around and quite happy with the list of 17 recommendations, in particular that the Oracta subcommittee has recognised that the mayor really has to have strong, proper executive power over areas such as transport, planning, health, what they describe as climate adaptation, mitigation measures, but also budget as well. One area that I'm a little bit still concerned about is that the mayor will not have executive power over policing. That is a major issue and concern for me. Um, if the mayor, and we all think of Mayor Giuliani or strong mayors in the United States or across Europe, that is one of the crucial elements to have, that they have power over policing, much as a kind of a mini minister for justice, be able to assign police in a certain way, assign guardie and assign guard resources. But crucial to all this, and John Moran is a money man and a, and a Pounds, pinning, and since man, this really comes down to our ability to raise money, have an independent budget, independent of the Oireachtas, that we can manage on a, on a multi-annual level, so we right. know where we're going. But, but, but it, it is true, isn't it, that this report does recommend that that there would be revenue-raising powers um, for the role and the office of directly elected mayor of Limerick? It certainly does. It makes that recommendation, but again, money goes only so far in terms of the power, the actual executive power that a mayor has. And it's very well and fine having power over transport and planning. Important to have it over to get proper bus services running, proper public transport. But if you have a crime-ridden city or a or a, on, an unresponsive police force to the whims of the directly elected mayor, then you're kind of really at nothing because we have to have a safe city and a safe county for investment. Right. Well, well, let's, let's, safe okay, well, let's give the minister a chance to respond uh, to that. Uh, minister Burke, uh, what about policing? Uh, is there any possibility that the directly elected mayor of Limerick will have power over local policing? Can I just respond to each of the points first because uh, I think there's an argument being framed here that there's a massive delay and I find that quite unfair. And I also find it very unfair uh, by John to suggest that, you know, I'm out here on message. I'm out here trying to do a good job to deliver an office for Limerick City and County that the citizens can be proud of. And it would be more in his intention if he worked with me in terms of trying to bring about solid suggestions as I've asked to meet him in the coming weeks to do so. Because I just point out in terms of what he has said. In the first instance, the Implementation Advisory Group published its report at the end of last year. That is not three years ago. And I can't, as a legislator, 
preempt that in terms of framing legislation to underpin a new office without hearing from the stakeholders in Limerick because John and others would be the very first to go and tell me I hadn't listened to the people of Limerick in what way they want the shape of the office to form. Secondly, we approved the general scheme uh, last April and got permission to draft legislation. We will all be aware in terms of the competitive process that the legislative framework is undergoing. We have the Maritime Area Planning Bill now going through the Oireachtas uh, that I'm leading through committee. There's 300 amendments. The drafter that's currently working on this bill, a very exceptional drafter, is also working on the Mayor of Limerick. So it is difficult in terms of to get uh, resources into this uh, bill because just because we're so busy in the Rockets, okay. this is and, the biggest... And the powers then, th- things like policing? Yeah, absolutely. We're working with all the key government departments and essentially, if you look at we have a very different system than the US. The Garda Commissioner has to have autonomy at the very top in terms of policing. That's enshrined in legislation. We have to negotiate with the Department of Justice to see what best way the mayor can fit into that jigsaw. And it's the same, Joe, in all the other areas. We want to give as much real power to the mayor right down at the source, the closest arm of government to the citizens. And I'm talking about transport, I'm talking about health, and we're talking about policing as much as we can achieve. And I need everyone's help to do this because John... Can, and can I just ask about education as well because it hasn't been mentioned. Would Absolutely. the mayor have a role in Education is one of the key focal points. Absolutely it is. And that's so important. We saw the regeneration of Limerick and how much of a cornerstone investment in education provided down there in unlocking the potential and changing the areas. But... The point I really want to make, you know, John and his colleagues will know very well how difficult it is to unlock power from Dublin. There is no secret in that. And I need people behind me working okay. with me to well, drive that's, that's that power okay. right back. Well, I want, I want to put that, I mean, John Moore, you're being unfair to Minister Burke. Yeah, so, so let's, let's, thank you for the, the chance to respond, Joe. I, I offered to meet Peter and to have a conversation with him back in July. He looked at my text just to check. I said, I'm looking forward to it. And I didn't get anything back as a suggestion for a meeting or a conversation until the beginning of this month. So I don't think it's fair to say that we're not willing to work with him. In fact, we're very happy to do so. And the reason we spent so much time putting together a long submission to the Oireachtas Committee, which we shared with everybody, is to explain the difficulties that we have in the legislation that came out. I don't disagree that what Peter has been doing is a tactical choice that he's making, which is rather than put in provisions into the legislation that we all know need to be there. I mean, Tim O'Connor's report said it should be there. The people of Limerick said it during the election. We've said it since. Now the Oireachtas Committee have agreed to do so. He has decided to kind of negotiate those with the ministers on the ground. And I'm more than happy to give him any ammunition he needs because these powers and funding need to move. I mean, just so the listeners understand how crazy the budgetary situation is in Ireland, we have the most centralised government in Europe. We spend 7% of our budget on true local authorities dispersed to the people where the people live, when by contrast over in Denmark, 60 plus of the budget that the national government has is actually spent to local authorities. And so I, I have a lot of sympathy for Peter. He has a big battle on yeah, his hands. But, but John, I suppose the bottom line for anyone listening this morning is, will it be worth ultimately going to the polls on the day of an election to elect a person to a role with power? Or would you be better off staying at home because ultimately whoever you elect won't have the power. I mean, that, that's, that's what the ordinary punter listening this morning really wants to know. 
And that's the job that I think the government now have to deliver on, because everybody has said the role only works if it's got power and money. But it's worrying to hear a minister of government saying that we haven't had the resources allocated to the job to be done in Limerick in terms of drafting legislation. When I was at the Department of Finance, and we had important legislation to draft and we couldn't get it done by the Attorney General's office. I went okay. out and I got lawyers from outside to come into our department to draft right. the legislation well, to move it along. I'd be very interested to see the outcome of that conversation that will go on behind the scenes as well, of course, between you, John Moran, and Minister Peter Burke and other councillors and all of the people involved to see what the legislation will ultimately look like. And we were happy to facilitate a, a, a certain level of debate this morning. We're going to come back to it. This is an important issue. It may not be the most exciting thing in the world, but the person who is in this role could have enormous power over your day-to-day life for many years uh, to come. Uh, Thank you very much to Minister Peter Burke, to Councillor Emmett O'Brien and to John Moran.